0: hi everyone welcome to the driven to sell podcast this is the podcast for anyone working as a sales professional or business leaders who have an interest and responsibility for driving sales i'm your host daniel addy and i'll interview top performers from many walks of life including sales business leaders authors and elite performers from sport and beyond i'll be really tapping into what led them to achieving great things whilst uncovering tactics and strategies for what really creates excellence in performance and how that can translate into business and sales excellence. Mindset, resilience, strategy, planning, and execution are all on the table. In today's episode, I interview Colin Howes after 25 years of, as he puts it, making himself useful at various places, including Microsoft. And After several successful exits, Colin is all about taking great technology and turning it into commercially viable products. He runs the Startup Advisory Series A and has involvement and investment in many businesses. He is also a Global Director at the Founders Institute, the world's largest pre-seed accelerator. Colin and I get into the weeds of discussing the benefits of utilising fractional sales directors and how AI can be leveraged for sales success, and interestingly, the woes of supporting two football teams. Please check out my content on LinkedIn, search up Daniel Addy, or go to linkedin.com forward slash the sales headhunter, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast to be notified when we release the next episode. But for now, remember, value yourself so that you can bring more value to the market so uh colin we were just talking offline there um just before we hit record about the best time of day to uh to reach you have we have we got it here or have i caught you at a bad time <laughs>
1: <laughs> um it's a very good point actually i, I was just saying you know like i've i've done four I've, the stats tell me 465 meetings since february um february the 14th i think i turned on uh, a lovely little tool called read ai that kind of gives me all kinds of stats about when i'm at my best when sentiments at the best maybe you know when not to schedule meetings because people are always late um, yeah kind of things it's, it's it's been quite interesting and it's the kind of stuff over the last you know what feels like a thousand years I've, i feel like i could have done with in my career right just avoid <laughs> traps
0: <laughs> yeah so what is the best time what's it what's it come up with what's the ai telling you never no. never <laughs>
1: right, so don't, don't, don't talk to colin is that, is that what he came um, up with <laughs> so it, even, it's kind of bizarre really because even though um i feel at my best kind of coming into the afternoon i'm not i'm kidding myself on my, my at my best in the morning right. and you know energy levels. God, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just after that first coffee. I don't know.
0: Maybe mid late morning for me is best every time. I'm I, I, yeah. I trying to stave away from the afternoon dump by you try and do these things like I hit the gym at sort of half one, two o'clock, and then you hopefully get that dopamine and energy boost in the afternoon. Actually, if you go too hard in the gym, you've got nothing left for the rest of the day.
1: <laughs> Forget it. Exactly. Exactly. If you're going hard on legs or something, then that's it for three hours. So, yeah. Well, Cool. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So, 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 Colin, look, tell, tell me what you wanted to be when you were a kid. Cash, cash your mind back. What, what, what did you want to be when you were a kid?
1: No, that's the question that you weren't telling me, right? Um, no, it isn't, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did I want to be when I was a kid? That's a, you know, I don't think anyone's ever asked me that. Um, I was a nerd. Like, I was a, I was a right little nerd. I'd carry around books on programming as an eight-year-old. Right. On 8-bit basic programming and, you know, CPM commands. And, and quite honestly, just as I do now, pretend I know about it and um, and and sometimes know about it and know enough about it to get by and to not allow sales guys to pour the wool over my eyes, of which I'm a proud member, of course, a proud yeah. one. Um, so... I was always i was yeah i was kind of a little bit geeky um but then kind of getting older i was also then like six foot two at 13 you know so wow. i was uh, and um what did i want to be let me come back to you now I'll, I'll let the right brain think I'll on try, that carry on try and remember to circle back yeah, on it later which, but uh, i didn't i didn't
0: what did i want to be when i was a kid not a sales guy surely did anyone it's not i don't think it's something that anyone sort of goes looking for necessarily is it you know i think you know i think the only worst thing than a sales guy
1: could be a recruiter right (laughs) you know know, the funny thing is you say that and maybe we can come on to that after but i've spent 25 years trying to bust that exactly that um yeah and, and here's the thing okay so what i was exposed to as a as a kid was really like hustler kind of mentality as in, you know, we'd go and kind of work in markets in like flower markets. Um, you know, and you know, my granddad started off as a Porter in Covent garden flower market and ended up as the managing director of one of the biggest group of companies in that, in that space. So we would go in there and see literally kind of like the Barrett boys doing their thing and selling and hustling and, Yeah, yeah. And ripping people off left, right, and centre, getting rid of stock. Or and I've got, I don't know where it is. Where is it? Oh, look, I see it. Impromptu. Look, just a print. Look, that's my granddad selling flowers to the Queen's flower buyer in nineteen sixty-eight, and it wow. says beneath it, "How they are done, not how it is done." How they are done. <laughs> oh wow, that's brilliant. That's sum, that sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> and and, and I'm like, I, I've I've had that photo for years. And I guess in many ways that is your archetypical hustler kind of sales environment. Um, It was pushy. It had to be pushy, you know, it had to be because, you know, they were there to make money. And what I, um, what I then kind of morphed into, I guess, really was, you know, someone who knew a lot about technology but could articulate it in a way that most of us could understand, you know, even kind of programming my granddad's video recorder we were we were all there so how do you do this i don't know but you know i can tell you don't worry about it you can record stuff now don't worry about the detail i'll figure out the detail for you
0: yeah i see i see so so much as well having sort of worked in the tech industry myself for or with the tech industry myself for over 20 years. There's so, so many guys that are, are in these commercial roles or leadership roles, or they're not necessarily perceived as techies, but actually in some way, shape or form, they grew up as a techie or wanting to be a techie, but perhaps they weren't that way inclined yeah. mentally, uh, or they weren't that adept at it. Um, and actually they were great communicators, but they still have that passion for it. And, you know, a good, a good mate of mine interested in the method. I met him twenty years ago through the recruitment business. Actually, a sales guy, um, he got into the business, and I noticed this is something in your background mm-hmm. as well. He got into the business of ethical hacking, um, which I always find is probably that kind of business that people of an entrepreneurial mindset might want to get into, as well as having a technical mindset. Tell me, tell me a bit
1: about that. What, what got you into that? Oh, geez. Um, so, yeah, look, you know, we we from a technology perspective, we knew how to get into stuff. Um, And, you know, that was again having the understanding, not necessarily the technical ability, but the understanding of uh, what it meant for a large corporate to have no idea who was sniffing around inside their network. And so I developed um, an ethical hacking training course. This is going back what feels like in in technology terms, sorry, get my teeth back in. It's centuries ago, Um, you know, this was 1997. And yep. the security markets and all that kind of, st- none of it existed, you know, so we were well, well ahead of our time. You know, so I had an office over in, um, you know, over in Southampton and, you know, offices further afield and, um, it went really, really well. It went really, really well. And then, you know, we had nine eleven happen. This is how far, long ago it is nine eleven happened and yeah. then we were just about to open an office in New York and then we didn't. And then we, it, whew. Blimey, what a roller coaster! But that was almost like my first MBA. But yeah. in terms of like the ethical hacking bit, yeah, you know, with hindsight, benefit you know benefit of hindsight, we should have stayed a portion you know of investment in that market. But you know what, kind of had its had its time for us at that point.
0: You, yeah. uh, you mentioned you mentioned nine eleven there. I remember exactly where I was when I heard about it. And interestingly, I was working in IT for what yeah. was at the time, HBOS bank, yeah, exactly. Halifax became, HBOS became Lloyds and all that sort of stuff. And uh, mm. I, I, it took, took me about six months to realize that a career in IT wasn't going to be for me. <laughs> and I better start selling something relating to tech.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but back in the, back at that time, you know, the business itself had it started off as a Microsoft training house. And, yeah. you know, I love training people, I love being, and maybe it's just being on stage kind of thing. And I was always told, you should be a sales guy. You should be a sales guy. And I'm like, oh, well, what's the sales guy? But being a trainer effectively was, you know, w- was exactly that. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Well, th- th- there's a
0: point. You so said, what is a sales guy? And I, I always find that that quite an interesting question. But mm. another one that I find quite interesting as well is, what is selling? Mm. What is selling? What is it to you? <clears throat>
1: I don't. I actually don't think that the co- concepts of selling really exists. Okay, um, because if you think about it, no one's ever sold anything to you.
0: You bought it, right? Is that what you are saying?
1: Yeah, totally. And I know this is a bit of a cheesy kind of sales guy response to that question, but you know, we're all uh, unless you know we're easily manipulated, and easily kind of convinced, and don't know our own mind. Um, the kind of people that. I'm helping guide on a buyer journey, then not going to be sold anything to that whole kind of, uh, do you remember the fast show and Swiss Tony, you know, did the whole. Kind yeah. Of- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's going back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Double glazing. <laughs> mean, you know, like yeah. the recent show, I think it was white gold, you know, that whole kind of, of course, that there's going to be outliers. You've still, i got, you know, I went into like a, what was it? Uh, Benson for beds, a little yeah, while. Yeah. the guy was you know like what you got to do is is feel like this is like a cloud and you know <laughs> please take it a... i'm just like dude with all the cheese yeah give me you know give me give me a bit of respect here you know i know what a bed is i'd sleep on one every night yeah. yes um i'm conscious i'm not really answering the question what is sales uh, th- there's no right and wrong answer is there it's your perspective really and you, you're uh, giving it I I think 90% of people think that sales is something it's not. But then that same 90% of people don't appreciate that this is the second best paid job career in the world.
0: Yeah. And, you know, interestingly, I always used to get told this story that salespeople are the easiest people to sell to. And I I always cut. I I figured I never really quite got it. And then I was sold a car, the first decent car I, I I felt I ever had back when I was yeah. 25 and earning half-decent yeah. money, got an half-decent car. And I remember the sales guy was brilliant um, because I'd worked in sales. I understood why he was brilliant and it made me want to buy from him more. So that's perhaps what made me an easier set person to, to, to sort of sell to. But ultimately if the guy was awful and I realized the guy was awful, then I'd be the worst person to sell to.
1: Let me get, I'll try and, um, add an example to that. Um, yeah. and there's no date stamp on this and so no one's going to be able to figure out who it actually was, but well, it's uh, 1974, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a meeting this morning with a company who's trying to help, uh, trying to help startups, um, almost like as a virtual CTO or, um, an outsourced, um, a development house and yeah. i get approached maybe three or four times a day would you believe at the moment you know for that kind, kind of service yeah. and you know the guys turned up he's not really prepared it was a bit flaky you know i didn't really understand what the call was about it dropped in my calendar and i'm like oh, okay okay so i had to kind of take a real big step back and try and first of all sprint to catch up with what his value proposition was but there was no slide deck and so yeah, you will, you could do this, you could do that. You could, yeah, well, I could do a lot of things. I could go and jump in the seat. You know, I could go and, you know, I could do a whole bunch of different things. And so he didn't really give me or allow me any opportunity to get alongside him and yeah. come along or participate or understand my pain and the kind of things that my, the people I work with, what their pain is and trying to line around it. They had their set value prop, sorry, they, they did have a value proposition. It was, we don't work with startups who haven't got any money. Right. <laughs> well, okay. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. So good luck with that. Um, yes, come back in a year. Tell me how that has gone. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I can't remember the context of the question now. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. We were talking about um, salespeople being being sort of easy to sell to, her, but but ultimately, I think it's about like you say, it's about coming in prepared and knowing what your value proposition is because anyone can do anything, right? I think is what you're saying. You can do anything and you can do it
1: of your own volition. Why do I need you here?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's really, exactly. what it that's really I, the I,
1: question. So, something else as well, Dan, that, you know, I, I'm really doubling down on this. Um, and it's kind of sad to say this, um, but nobody cares. <laughs> and anyone who <laughs> knows me, I say this all the time. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about you, me, your podcast, my podcast, what until they hear you addressing their pain in some way? Yeah, what can you do for me? I know it sounds terrible,
0: but but it's ultimately, That's what it is. It's what's the problem? What's the pain? How can how can someone this thing or this whatever it is, yeah, help help me in some way? Totally. Like get get away from pain or move towards elation or something great. <laughs> Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Elation would be a wonderful. So <laughs> I I remember um, seeing this shift, um, certainly in the in the years at Microsoft. You know where things kind of very much went in sales from a a relationship based approach. Yeah, let's all go go and play golf, and let's go and do this, and let's go and do, and you know you kind of buddy buddy, and then eventually I think people realised there's only so many hours in a day. You know all of us have got our own. Things, yeah. By by, let let's do all those things. Absolutely, but yeah. it's got to be some a little bit of outcome. There's got to be some value add to that conversation, that relationship. And so, you know, I think that leads it and lends itself to very much a consultative sell. You know, yeah. very much a um, bringing a company something that they just would never experience if yeah. they carried on. Or let's face it, making their billions of dollars. They might not be aware of something that could really really transform a certain aspect of their company so you almost owe it to that big company to show it how, how do you on, on that one i think a, a big
0: part of the challenge is almost getting in through the door or breaking the barriers down to sort of be able to demonstrate what that value is yeah. and sometimes that can be the biggest part of the challenge certainly for I guess your, your new business salesperson that's that's out there sort of treading the streets, yeah, yeah. um, and, um, and, and all that sort of stuff. How, how, how do you sort of demonstrate value if no, one's willing to give you the opportunity to sort of get into a conversation, so to speak, how, how have you sort of been able to do that in the past or trained yeah. other people to do that?
1: Oh my gosh, there's, there are so many different ways you could answer that coming yeah. from, you know, every single element of marketing, branding, sales, you know, just full-on positioning. So, um, let's, let's try and start somewhere. Um, if I, if I want to clock back maybe five years or 10 years ago, um, maybe let's, let's call it about six years. You know, things like, things like LinkedIn and, and things like that, you know, we're used and we're popular and we're doing well. Um, and you could have a, you know, try and connect with someone and press a button and, you know, manually get in front of someone, you go, Oh yeah, car, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I've got a couple of thousand people in my network. That's awesome. You know, if I wind the clock forward, you know, I've got 13,000 people in my network, you know, and a whole bunch of those are the cohort that I, I work with and address. Yep. And so therefore, you know, if I look at all that work and time and effort has been kind of nurturing that audience, that then means that I have my own little mini marketing department as a sales guy yeah yeah which means that you know i take the pressure off of marketing to allow marketing to do branding positioning things and not necessarily to, like the the San Francisco model which is you know mql sql driven but oh, yeah. where marketing don't really have any say not say any involvement in the sales process once they've got tick this is a an mql so i'm coming i'm trying to come all the way around to your to your question which is how as a individual sales guide do you kind of batter that down the door be smart be super smart you know and there's tools out there there's tools out there that can make you your own mini business in a box um you know look at things like chat don't rely on chat gbt you know yeah. but look at the content you're posting you know, yep. look at your kind of. um I've probably got a book on the back shelf here about become a person of influence. Yep. You know, um, and and all sorts. You have know, you've like, got that one. Yeah, on uh, I think I've got it. Up. It's up there. Up. You know,
0: I've got on It's not. Not that one. You see that that's the
1: one? That's the one. Where is it?
0: <laughs> Daniel Priestley. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's it. good on you, Daniel. It's a great book. What else yeah. have i got? I've got Absolutely. Negotiation book with Chris Voss. I've got. Oh, I've got all kinds of cool stuff up there, um, and you might also see there um, the the effort. I can't say the actual word, but next to the lean startup, you know, and next to Richard Branson, which kind of a uh, you know are kind of all intertwined. Really, um, where was I going with that? So, as an individual, you have now so much power in your hands of amplifying whatever message that you are taking to market you should actually be super bullish about your potential of getting in through the door. Yeah. Because it's not about picking up the phone anymore.
0: I, you know, i I've sat sort of brainstorming this with, uh, with one of the guys in, in our business, in the, in the recruitment business. I was also talking to uh, an old mate of mine who, who runs a, a tech recruitment business. Um, and we were talking about, you know, our industry as a whole, and I think sales generally sometimes goes a little bit KPI mad, right? Certainly when you're sort of training rookies, you've got to, you've got to put a robust process around how do we sort of understand where someone's going? But sometimes it goes a bit mad. And we're talking about what, you know, when I got into this business 20 into the recruitment business, was it 22 21 22 years ago? It was call numbers and call time. And I always liked the call-time one, right? As long no. as you weren't wasting time speaking to people, I always liked the call-time one. And I'm sort of sat here thinking, actually, it's not about that anymore because you can, you can make 100 phone calls and get through to three people and two of them don't want to talk to you and one of them might spend five minutes talking to you about the rain. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, but, but actually,
1: that, is it about... that necessarily a bad thing, though?
0: Not necessarily talking about the rain, not necessarily. That, that was the thing I always had. So I always had less calls than anyone else when I was a rookie. Yeah, yeah. but more more time and i always thought that was a good thing so i'm building relationships here right you've got to then turn that into in, into something tangible on the back of it but i'd much rather talk to five people for for 20 minutes a piece than, than than 500 people for a minute apiece.
1: It's um, funny. I, I kind of i guess almost fell into where i am doing what i'm doing now um the other way around it, it of course it was that business then it was microsoft who taught me how to sell yeah put the science around the wavy arm trust me it'll be fine approach to what i was doing back then um and that did work also but then the science really kind of it was like yeah this is cool i get this yeah like pipeline management yeah absolutely volumes Yeah. yeah it makes total sense But i think you're right um i was then working with again you know some some startups or some Post Series A, maybe even Post Series B's coming out of San Francisco and, and that area. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, the, the metrics! You know, I remember one um, one time, and, and if if you are listening, you know, going into someone's email in um, Salesforce and ask them why they used a certain word as opposed to another word, and right. then that back to you know how many MQLs or SQL sorry SQLs you were driving. Yeah, no, 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 no. There's something seriously wrong with the value proposition of the business and the offering as a whole. If you're squeezing, you know, smart, educated salespeople on that, yeah. <laughs> the the people that, if anyone listens to this that I know, they'll know who I'm referring to. There. So, wish you luck. I'm, so, I'm for, sure. for
0: for 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 anyone's benefit that's that's listening to this. I guess most people certainly in the tech industry will know, but MQL being marketing qualified lead and SQL being sales
1: qualified lead. Right. Exactly. And, and this yeah. is mm. one of the biggest sources and bones of contention, you know, in mm. the whole thing, you yeah. know, because you know, you yeah. have you've got marketing run by marketing you got sales run by sales, you know? And so ultimately, you know, I'm now trying to come at this from a right. Let's, let's kind of do something in the middle here and focus on conversations. Yeah. And yeah. okay, maybe not, you know, hundreds of one hour conversations about the weather and whatnot, you know, it's because we just don't have time, you know, but ultimately um, relationship and value-based um, outcome type selling, things that are focused yep. on helping a company sell more or save more. Because yep. that's, re- that's the two reasons that everyone's in business, sell more yep. widgets or save more to make more profit, to sell more widgets. And, that, and that's the business angle of it. Um
0: but there's more to why people buy than that, though, right? A lot more. Well, I think so, anyway. What what, what are your thoughts on that?
1: So, so I, I, I do a lot of this now in the startup work that I'm doing. Um, and it, it's, it's the emotion. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, yeah, you can't make someone buy something, but you can certainly tug on their heartstrings. You know? Yeah. Certainly, um, you know, you can certainly spend a lot of time making sure that the value proposition actually has a landing somewhere in a story that resonates with a lot of people. Because the more people yeah. it resonates with, you know, yeah, absolutely. Your, your work is gonna be much, much easier. Um, I, I'll give you an example. Um, on Pitch Club last week, we had a, um, a, a wonderful lady who's created an incredible product that from a Heartstrings pr- perspective, you know, will resonate massively. But she just happens to have an incredible financial background, ex-Goldman, um, will no doubt raise capital really, really easily, um, and now just needs to kind of get to market. You know? So yeah. the, the emotional side of um, even you know, even technology, you know, it, you know, you've got a kind of a Samsung phone or another Samsung phone or another gadget. Still, they do focus on features and functions and cameras and this, that and the other. You look at, you know, you look at some of the best adverts. They don't really mention the, the product. You know, you remember the game, all the way back to Nike Air Jordan. You know, if you oh, yeah. if if you haven't seen the Nike Air um, uh, documentary, and uh, not documentary, it's sort of like a short film.
0: The, right,
1: what's it called? Um, I can't remember. I'm, I'm,
0: um, I'm, are you talking about the Jordan documentary or a, a Nike one? Yeah, Jordan. It's the the, the Netflix series. Yeah, the Jordan yeah. one. Fantastic. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they don't talk yeah, about the shoe. Really. It's not about the shoe, you know. Um, it's about the feeling. So that's, yeah. not, that's true with some product, not all products, of course, you know, because, you, you know, when you get into quantum mechanics and, you know, measuring how many quarks do this, I'm on on making stuff up, right? But, you know, also, <laughs> yeah, but also, <laughs> you know, once you get into the realms of Star Trek, yeah, it needs to be feature function, you know, far less emotion involved so 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 on that I was, I was
0: reading a obviously doing a little bit of research ahead of this, uh, obviously we're acquainted beforehand anyway, but um sort of read a part of a bio that read something i'm going from memory a little bit here um talked about um making yourself useful at, uh, at various companies like Microsoft and then going on this journey and and, and sort of helping companies or helping tech companies um turn tech into viable, commercially viable products, something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. Talk to yeah. me. And th- this could be potentially a value for the people that you're sort of surrounding yourself with now or anyone that's mm. got a tech product or an idea of a business and where are we going to take it? T- just talk me through your sort of approach to, to doing that and, and maybe give an example of where you've sort of done it quite successfully or, or maybe even quite badly uh, and <laughs> the lessons learned from it.
1: <laughs> well, there might be a few bad ones. Um, uh, um i guess um i guess the advice i'd give to entrepreneurial people maybe you know, most of us sales guys are entrepreneurial by spirit you know um mm-hmm. and we've lived through the fact there's no degree course on sales and sales management you know so we've had to do a marketing course but we find ourselves in a sales role so there's no formal you know kind of um recognized academic th- not that i know of maybe there is maybe that's changed yeah, but I've, I've always found that kind of irritating. Maybe we do some research yeah. after. Um, and you know, so consequently, um, because of the different things that I've done, I just go and hack. And so one example would be the pandemic. The pandemic had just started. You know, I found myself in a position where um, I was doing a lot of work with a, a massively funded. Um, not CCTV, AI, camera, facial recognition startup. Yeah. Um, pandemic started and went, oh, Colin, oh, we can't afford you. And it was like, what? Oh, thanks a lot. Anyway, so it just kind of started with the start of the pandemic. Um, but it allowed me to work with a guy that I've worked with in the past um, at, in a previous role. Um, and I just got on and did stuff. It was a startup. They needed stuff. Built the cell systems, you know. I built an outreach engine. I built things that support the process. We built our own um, uh, version of MedPick. Yeah, we called it Bowdeck, the little Viking. Yeah, we <laughs> we <laughs> I, you know just had a bit of fun doing some cool experimental stuff. And at the start of that startup, to be honest, none of it. Neither us, m- myself, or the CEO knew what one of the key acronyms in that market stood for, right? right? It was like an IT ops, um, AI based IT ops, you know, before AI was a massive thing. Um, yeah. but all of that work and all of that funnel building and all of that, you know, opportunity building and that got enough traction for them to get to this series, A, you know, led by two monster organizations, uh, yep. they're well on the way to series B now, you know? And, and I think, you know, I was described as a Swiss army knife and this is what I mean about making myself useful as in, you know, even at Microsoft, you know, there was a, there was a broken process. I just fixed it. I just cobbled together some spreadsheets and automated some data and yeah, I know how to do that. I can fix that. No problem.
0: I, I think it's about, um, my, um, my first boss in the recruitment business told me just, you know, stop coming to me with bloody problems and come to me with, with solutions. Yeah. You know, it's like, have a, have a solution focus, have a solution mindset. It's like, all right, okay, yeah, this is a bit of a challenge. How do we yeah. get beyond it and how are we going to crack on essentially? It is my I, way of
1: referring to it. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And it's one of the biggest problems with starting a business, you know, because, you know, and certainly if you've done it before, you know, and sometimes I have to stop and slow down, um, not that the people I work with aren't, you know, capable in any way um uh sorry aren't capable <laughs> in any way should <laughs> form i should add, add flat um but sometimes you know you, you forget that you've done all these different things and you just know how it works you just don't have time to do it all yeah. um you know and just recently just just to be honest you know I, I found myself a bit oh with the sheer amount and volume of things and, and that takes a toll you know it takes a toll because yeah. you you skip out on the gym or you skip out on a walk or you skip out on family stuff or, you, you know, whatever. And, you know, you've got to, you got to be able to uh, make sure that if you are the Swiss army knife, you're arming enough people around you with those same kind of skills to help you make, carry on being used for it.
0: So, so where, where did that come from? Obviously you, you sort of wear a lot of hats and mm. obviously as an advisor and a, a fractional mm. sales director, where, where did the, the idea of sort of the fractional sales director from your perspective, where did, where did that come from? Um,
1: it came mainly from the fact that, uh, okay, where did it come from? It come and comes and, and will continue to come from the fact that there's a great many people out there who have had a great career and not, not disputing the fact that let's say they have been 20 years in Microsoft, you know, yeah. um, 15 years in Oracle. Um, and they've, they've got this incredible ecosystem behind them. They've got a marketing brand. They've got, you know, they, they're just, it's just in this beautiful bubble, nice big virtual hug. Um, and you pick up the phone, and you say, Hey, it's Colin from Microsoft. Yeah, can I come and see? Yeah, sure. No problem at all. No problem at all. And, and those of us who, and bear in mind, that was my first official sales gig. I was like, yep. oh, man, this is easy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I always kind of hung on to the fact that I remember what it was like building the business before that. And I used to say to people, guys, this isn't the real world. This is like the matrix. Yeah, you've swallowed yep. no pill at all. You know, let, yeah." <laughs> and, the, and the ones really that – maybe this is a good title for a podcast, right? The, the ones that actually left the big corporate, oh, I'm going to go and join a startup. Nine yeah. – out of 10 of them, I'd say maybe 95% bomb. Mm. Yeah, because the startup thinks this is a silver bullet.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah this is gonna fix all of our problems. Because the startup founder is a tech founder and they haven't been trained or they haven't been trained on how to position their product with enough um with enough emotion maybe, with enough, you know, like acting skills, with enough you know, them demonstra- uh, demonstration capability, you know, as we yeah. were all kind of trained as, as sales guys, you know, and so they've got in front of someone, they hate it, absolutely hate it. Instant, let's go and hire a sales guy. We've got some funding. This guy's going to cost 300,000 a year. Fine. Done. It's the biggest mistake I see. Yeah. And once they've gone through, yeah, said- sorry, go on. No, no, you go for it. Yeah, no, go for Once it. Once they've gone through that sales guy and it takes nine months and they've realised, geez, we've got to raise again or got to, you know, go and ask mum and dad for some more cash. Um, they realise that they can probably get as much done in a fractional capacity uh, in terms of what they need right now because they don't need thousands of MQLs. No. They need a few things to work on. You know, to be able to show what they're capable of to the next part and the next part. Yeah. So I think that, I think that's that's really the whole premise between the fractional piece. Yeah. So is that
0: is that is that the the area that you're really focusing on then that that sort of startup sphere um, and, and getting them from maybe they've got a, a a minimum viable product but no one's buying it at the moment and yeah. or whatever and, and and they need that first sort of couple of client case studies to then be able to leave rigid at scale. Is that kind of what your, the mainstay of what you're doing is? Yeah, pretty
1: much. And, you know, I kind of turn up and there'd be no, um, uh, there'd, there'd be no um, avenue to amplify the good stuff that they've done. You know, yeah. so the marketing's a bit hit and miss, or, you know, someone hasn't really, you know, paid enough attention to, uh, I guess, outcome and sales led marketing, you know, as in call to actions and, you know, uh, Meeting links and you know just basically yeah. stuff like that, really, you know. But and then pulling it all back into a CRM and being able to track and then run meetings based off that CRM, yeah. You know, so so typically, I find that you know it's a bit of a black magic kind of thing, Pandora's box that I open up and they go, "Oh wow, this is incredible." For me, it's totally basic. But stars yeah. on the flip side, if I went in to try and you know. <clears throat> figure out how to code something in python they go this is totally basic what are you doing yeah so just coming at things from from uh, hopefully complementary angles i think i think one of the um th- th- that's one
0: of the truest things i've heard is, is that it's about valuing yourself and what you bring to the market and i i always used to find that really challenging certainly when i was younger as well and as i got older and more mature also they say um <laughs> got, a, got a few more wrinkles you sort of you realize that actually the things that are second nature to you mm. that are easy to you uh, are actually quite mind blowing to some people right and and sometimes you undervalue yourself based on that certainly i did when i was when i was younger as well
1: i don't know if you've you ever found that <clears throat> i think i think everyone um regardless of um whoever they are whatever they've achieved suffers from imposter syndrome yeah you know um you know this this afternoon at, my 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 calendar's telling me in two hours and forty eight minutes we're running another pitch club. You know, so I've got you know twenty five people coming along, all registered to kind of come along to the session. Yeah, it's super exciting, it's great, it's like fight club but for startups kind of thing, you know, and 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 realistically, um, it it it's um, it, it's full on. It takes yeah. organising. It takes a lot of thought process to go into it. Um, now, obviously, you know, I'd like to think at some point along someone's journey, they remember Pitch Club and, you know, and remember, you know, maybe a bit, maybe hopefully a bit of a pearl of wisdom or a nugget of advice that they get either from myself or one of the other mentors. And they come back to us further down the line and say, hey, look, is there something else that we can, you can help us with from a fractional perspective? Yeah. You know, and that's why, uh, not just because, but, because I love it as well. You know, I love seeing people's development and journey. It's,
0: it's brilliant. We, uh, I, I, I sort of entered when, when I set the business up end of 2016, mm-hmm. set the, the, the recruitment business up and in 2018, we went into a business accelerator. Mm-hmm. You, you might be aware of it, it was called entrepreneurial spark right. um, sponsored by NatWest. So make of that what you will. It, it is what it is, but it was a great experience for me, forgetting all the other stuff, right. Um, sort of surrounded by 70 odd, other entrepreneurs some of them had an idea some of them had a business that had been running for 20 years and they you know they were stuck in a rut and they they wanted to go somewhere we we'd been in business for a year and a half and done okay Mm. and for me i just wanted to be in that inspirational aspirational sort of environment and it was great and we used to do the we didn't call it pitch club i can't remember what it was called but every single week We, people, and and you could see the people that were were, were sort of really into it and that were really going to go somewhere, because no matter how much, for, for want of a better expression, they were bricking it to have to stand up in front of seventy peers and however many other people in the room yep. as well. Th- they'd do it anyway because they knew it would be a learning experience, and you could just see the way that people came on, in terms of the way that that just doing that pitch enabled them to understand their product understand the value proposition but more importantly communicate that to other people and that's one of the most powerful things that any any business person or any salesperson, for me can have is that ability to communicate well what is it that you do and why should why should i care
1: yeah it's huge it, it really is huge yeah. um i think one of the interesting things about the accelerators and um i do a lot of stuff with their i um co-lead and co-direct the london chapter um yeah and, it, and it's great. It's really, really good fun. But the um, it's like a hunger game sometimes, right? <laughs> As in, you know, like all of a sudden you look around and a startup's disappeared because, you know, if you do screw up, if you do pitch and it's, it bombs or you pivot and you haven't quite figured it out and you, you score below a certain threshold, then, yeah, you're at risk of being cut out of the program, you know, because we're only trying to focus and find the very best ones. So what I wanted to do was create something that wasn't punitive was supportive and still direct because yeah. it's super important that people are able to receive feedback because the, you know, we're, we're surrounded by people who tell us how great we are. You know, you just have to ask them, you know, the, the yeah. important feedback <laughs> is where someone tells you you're a jerk and this is why uh um, yeah well maybe 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 yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that's that's the whole concept of pitch club um and we we're just about to launch pitch club africa um which I'm super excited about we we partnered with an incredible organization um in uh, in africa and uh who knows where else cool
0: so just going back to a little bit to back towards the start of the conversation we touched on ai a little bit and obviously you some of the companies that you're involved with are, are sort of hot in that space and doing some great things i've, I've seen but w- one of the things that i was really interested to find out from you is what you believe or what role you believe ai can have as part of selling or as part of a sales process for a company <sighs> there's a question how long a piece of string there you go <laughs>
1: um well Yeah, um, someone sent me a meeting invite, um, uh, a little while ago now, um, for 20 years time and (laughs) it was sitting around a pond somewhere over the hill over here. And we decided we're either going to be hiding from the machines or they've created this incredible utopia that we can all live in without working. Yeah. Because I, th- I do think, and I, I can sound like a little bit of a crank on this, I do think that we're at the tip of the – we're on the pimple of the tip of the nose of the giant, of you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, wow. Um, and so in terms of selling and and that kind of stuff, I, I don't see why I've just bought – uh, I'm very excited. I've just bought a t- uh, an air fryer, yeah, with a – Oh, what, sorry? An air fryer with a combination – of your Microwave all kinds of things. I've just come onto the call here, full of excitement. Could I get it working? No, I couldn't. Yeah. So (laughs) the first thing AI needs to figure out is you know why the AI air fryer doesn't work. The other um, the other gadget I've got here is my robot vacuum cleaner, who's the dumbest machine ever in the world. I spend most of my life chasing around, you know, fixing things he's broken. If that's the future of AI, then we're all safe. I doubt it very much. I think it's, um, I I think it's kind of remarkable, uh, what's coming and I kind of feel that, you know, I go all the way back to me as a nerdy kid carrying around a book on programming, you know, and trying to understand, you know, binary and, you know, subnet masking and ones and zeros and all that kind of stuff and all the iPhone and all the massive advancements. And we think we're here, you know, in 20 years, basically, all we've done is that. And then we're going to be here in 20 years. You know, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. But you know, if we just could take sales and selling as a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of that. I think that's maybe part of an answer. You know, does it exist anymore? I don't know. So someone's out of a job somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah and you know for, for the um for the least flexible for the single dimensioned, not only sales but workers of in any space yeah, yeah absolutely
0: 100% absolutely i'm gonna sort of take a little bit of a sure a, a, ter- a turn here um so I I'm, I'm a massive sports nut um, of of many varieties and you might I don't know if you can see behind the boxing glove enough. Yeah, that, yeah. this um this thing here yeah that's the, that's the um that's the that's the program from the very first Leeds united match I ever went to in uh, on the 7th of March 1990 yeah um, couldn't have been any less glamorous in the old second division yeah. Um, Leeds v Port Vale and we drew nil-nil so uh, how I'm still a Leeds United fan I'll never know but there we go so um, it's a little segment that just for a little bit of fun really I wanted to sort of try out so first thing is who's your your favourite sports team and if not sports team sports person you know, who, who's your team? And if you're not into team sports, person, because everyone's got one even if they're not into team sports,
1: right? What really makes me think here? Now, I, I'm a bit torn because I was born in London, so I, I've always been a Tottenham supporter. Yeah, I used to like right. the style of football. Um, we moved down here to the South Coast um, and we geographically bang-slap in the middle of Southampton and Portsmouth who hate right. each other absolutely yeah, yeah. hate each other. You know, there's documentaries on the rivalry, bits it goes back to the Navy and ports and all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I actually have a Southampton season ticket because my dad likes to go and watch. And we've started going about eight years ago. I've got a yep. Southampton season ticket and I live in Portsmouth. Right. I couldn't no be good. more torn. I, I love all sports. Um, I, I I played a, a lot of golf, not as much as I should be doing. I cycle a lot. Um, anyone who's at the peak of their of their game, you know, hats off, kudos. Um, we had the Clipper Around the World Yacht Race start here on uh, Sunday, and I've decided to sign up to the twenty five twenty six race. Uh, wow! Breaking news, and I was honoured to meet um, Sir Robin Knox Johnson, the first guy to circumnavigate. First person to single-handedly circumnavigate the globe back in 1968, and um, I, I kind of asked him, you know, did, was he aware of all the chaos he caused in the local area with all the traffic and um, whatnot? And we had a we had a laugh and a, and a conversation. But he's climbed Everest, he's climbed, you know, I, I was his number one fan immediately. What an achievement! Um, and then all kinds of sporting greats over the years. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Um, you know, what about
0: so, you? Let me try and give it a frame. Obviously, I've, I've sort of um, nailed my colours to the mass, so to speak, in terms of Leeds United. But yeah, f- football was my first sport. But being a, being a northern, a rugby league, something I, I, I sort of participated in a little bit. Uh, very poorly, may I add. Yeah. Um, so I, I like a bit of rugby, rugby union as well. Um, but um, but yeah, football's my thing. Played a bit of cricket in my yeah. time. But as, as I've got older, got into the cycling as well. And interestingly enough, we, we may be time stamping this here a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yesterday, I was driving um, in the East, uh, East Yorkshire back from the East Coast over here. Um, and I got caught in the traffic for the Tour of Britain.
1: Ah, well. which
0: has got which is up here at the wellish yeah i mean it left here um, yep. this morning so uh yeah we got caught in that and literally just before the junction that they turned off so i didn't even get to see it ah. <laughs> so i just got stuck in the traffic uh, so uh, okay. so yeah I, I got it i got into a bit of road cycling over the last few
1: years as well which is it's pretty good it's good i, I love my you bikes know. um and you know i've got about six scattered around various various places and um, i got out last night yeah, a bit of a stressful day, I thought, uh, and I, I shouldn't say this, but, you yeah, know, no helmet, sunglasses, yeah. a big 29er mounted bike, just flat as a pancake along the beach. And it was absolutely beautiful, you know, but it just kind of, I, I've played all sorts. I've played yeah. Union. I've played Aussie Rules. What a game. Oh, my God. Uh, what Tough a game. game. <laughs> um and you know, I played a lot of football, um, a lot of golf. <sighs> What's not to laugh? What's not to laugh? So, so,
0: so, hit, yeah. so, so this is this is why I asked you. Obviously, we, we we can chat about it all day long, mm. um, but it's it's a little segment that I'm I'm, I'm testing out um, at the moment where I ask you your favorite sports team, and I ask the next guest yeah. this question. And because you're my first guest, yeah. the, the question has to be this. If I were a Leeds United fan, I would.
1: <laughs> uh, oh, wow. Um, well, Southampton will be playing you um, this year, so that could be interesting. Yeah, come on down. Yeah, we'll we'll grab a uh, grab a beer. Um, I think many clubs that have been relegated from top flight, they need to have a good, hard, long look at what's happened in that preceding few years. I think Leeds, you look at Bielsa, you look at, you know, all the kind of stuff that, that happened there. There was a lot of hype, a lot of beautiful football for the first year, if I remember rightly. And yep, every- first year or two. And then years everyone of that. figured you out. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's almost like the it was the blockbuster video approach to football. You know? <laughs> yeah, fantastic concept. Love this. I love the fact he doesn't, you know, he crouches down there but people are smart and people will out-innovate you really quickly unless you move with the times and, and flex. So same is true with Southampton. You know, incredible academy down here. You know, produce some yeah. of the best players in the world, you know, start to squeeze the academy from a price perspective. Yeah, all of a sudden get relegated, pressures on the academy and so on and so on. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What
0: would you do? Yeah, you- Give up? Well, I, I, I am a Leeds fan. and, and yeah, it's, it You know, I, th- I think people have, people have very sort of short term ideas. And if I look back at my time mm. following Leeds and uh, being a football fan, the best memories aren't about whether we're, whether we're playing in the top flight or the second division or League One, as it was called. Mm. The, 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 there were the times when you were at the game and you got something that you didn't think you were going to get. True. You know, or, or you, yeah. you, you know, it was an experience that you had with a mate before you even got to the game.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think a lot of this idea of, oh, we need to be in the top flight comes from a lot of football fans that aren't... They're not really engaged unless you're in the top flight. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked to a few of my mates to say exactly the same thing. This is what it's about, being a Leeds fan. It's, it's not about being in the top flight. It's about being wherever we are and making the best of it. Yeah, um, there is that. And... And that's what I'd say to any other Leeds fan is make the best of it because there'll be some great stuff happens this season. Even if we finish third bottom of the league and get relegated, it'll be awful. Um, But there'll be some little nuggets that you can take away um, and tell your kids about or, you know, tell your your nephew about whatever and just sort of embrace that side of it, really. Um, Obviously, you want to win.
1: You want to win, but, you know, it's... (coughs) it's, I um, I, I, I think it's also reflected in, you know, what's going on in that town at the moment, you know, what's going on in the wider economy in the, you know, you, you look to something like for that for entertainment and a bit of release. And so yeah. for me, I, I got back from, um, I got back from, um, overseas, what in, uh, mid March, mostly avoid the winter last, uh, last winter and, um, and then didn't see Southampton win for the rest of the year. You know, yeah. and, you know, it was like, oh, and everything just felt, oh, this this isn't fun at all. This isn't, and it the, the whole stadium got toxic and it's a very toxic yeah. place St. Mary's, just like Ellen Road. You know, it gets toxic quickly if the team isn't performing or trying. And I think that's that that's the thing. You want to see them, you want to see, see them, everyone like gladiatorial get in there and get stuck in. Yeah. What happens happens after that.
0: Yeah, right.
1: yes, no, absolutely. So, um,
0: so for you, then, am I going with Southampton or Spurs? Because the next guest I have gets the same question, but it's either Spurs or it's Southampton. And quite frankly, I'm not sure the next guest is even going to know who either of the, those two things what what either of those two okay. things are. And that's probably going to be quite fun in its own right. <laughs>
1: I, I think I think you're
0: probably right. Um, I, you need to nail your colours to the mast.
1: But I've always been a Spurs supporter. It was the only ground where they'd lift up the ground so we could uh, up the defence so we could get in for free. <laughs> yeah, as kids. So we'll go, um we'll, we'll go with Spurs then. I think, I think it'll be Spurs, but then I've got two leagues to support now. I've got, I've got, <laughs> I don't have to sit there watching Tottenham, you know, in the Southampton ground, watching Tottenham score and, or, and try not to celebrate. I don't have that. I don't have that kind of you know tension there.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit better. The guy that the guy that owns these um, the, these couple of buildings, our offices here, he's a big Spurs fan as well. I was chatting with earlier. He's a he's a good mate. Is it is it Steve Perryman? Yeah, yeah. He's he's good mates with he's good mates with Steve, and he's a, a big Spurs fan. He's a bit of an old boy. He uh, he, he loves his uh, he loves his football. Steve
1: Perryman. Well, mean, so, that's going back. Wow, that's all the Ardiles and um, you know Ricky Villa kind of territory. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Just on the cusp of coming into my time just before really, I think, um, as late eighties and early nineties with my real time. So, uh, so yeah, but, but look, un- unless there's anything else you, you want to add, you know, it, it, I, I've, I've really enjoyed this chat.
1: Um, I guess it might be useful. Like- there's one thing, if anyone is a, a young, keen, eager sales guy, just hang in there. All right. Um, yeah. it's worth it. It really is. You know, you'll build a great career. You have some incredible experiences. You'll meet some incredible companies and, you you know, you'll you'll do really well financially and aspirationally, you know, you'll you'll do, you'll do, you'll do just great. You know, Uh, I think
0: that's, yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's one of the hardest things, certainly for rookie sales guys or girls for that matter, getting into the business is, is, you know, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. So, you know, I was about to finish up there, but how, how would you persuade someone to, if they were worth persuading, right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, however, you define that, how would you persuade them? To hang in there, what, what what would you say? You know, because so you know mean I, I always used to think about it as how do you how do you keep motivated? But then and then as life went on, I, th- I thought well, forget motivation because that's not always going to be there. Sometimes discipline's all you need, right? If motivation's there, great, ride it. Yeah, yeah. But it's not always going to be there. So I, I would I guess how would you sort of say to that person, you know, keep at it. If 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 everything that they they took seems to be to be going wrong, what would you say
1: to that person, and how well, how are they supposed to do that? Yeah, I mean, if everything's going wrong, then you need to reset and like look at your skill set and look at what you're doing. Um, but if you've got things that are going right, then fantastic, double down on them. You know, like invest in yourself, yeah. invest in training, and and also I think there's a common misnomer that if you're a great salesperson, you've got to then go and be a sales manager and then go and be a sales. Leader. No, 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 no. Yeah. Some of the okay. best salespeople are career salespeople. They're not managers, managers are managers. They, you know, there might be 10% of them who used to be great sales guys, but it's a different, slightly different mindset. You know, um, I think that the salesperson is far more entrepreneurial than your average sales director kind of role. Um, you know, so, yeah. so yeah, hang in there. Great stuff's coming.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no absolutely and 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 i think it's part of part of the phrase that i sort of live by is that you sort of need to value yourself first before the market can value you um and and i think that's a really important thing and i think encouragement from a good leadership team for those rookies whether it's their team leader their manager the directors that that can really see something in someone some potential and they're doing some things right is don't necessarily always focus on the result focus on what you're doing well as part of the process yeah. And and I think I think those kinds of things can be really encouraging to, yeah, to new salespeople, true. right? Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. So where's where's the best place for for people to find you if they if they so please?
1: Are we looking at LinkedIn or where where, where are we? Def, definitely LinkedIn. Um, you know, I do a lot of stuff on LinkedIn now. Um, well, we're, we're dabbling <laughs> we're dabbling with some TikTok ideas and some Instagram ideas. You know, the core of it is um, is definitely on LinkedIn.
0: That's all, that all sounds very modern TikTok.
1: Well done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look. Th-
0: thanks again, Colin. Look, you have a, you have a fantastic day. Hang around for, for for a couple of seconds, if you will. I want to make sure this yeah. thing gets uploaded into the ether. Um, no, that's but right. uh, thanks again for your time, anyway. And we'll uh, we'll catch up again soon. Excellent.
1: Thanks, thanks, me.